welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we are still married. And we're back. We're back, baby! Um, I kind of feel like, you know, that one Parks and Rec episode where she goes to, like, pick up all of her co-workers because government is back and she's all excited and they're like, peace! She throws three, she throws uh, Gary's painting into the, into the river. That's right. And everyone's so excited and... Hopefully y'all are excited. This is the longest um, hiatus we've ever taken from the podcast. We needed it. We did. Well, let's. Well, first of all, welcome back. Thank you for for joining us today. We would love to give you just a quick update about what in the world has been going on the last couple of months. Uh, good thing we already stated we're still married. Are we happily married? Are we happy? Uh, today we are. Today we're happy. Yeah. No, things are great. Things are going really well. So the first thing is. We were in Georgia for a month. We usually take that three to four weeks off when we go to Georgia, and this year was no different uh, as far as the break goes. But the trip itself was slightly different. I would say slightly better. Okay, so first of all, the weather was definitely better. Oh my goodness, for better, some reason. Better than being in Utah because it was a hundred and hell degrees here. hundred and hell degrees? <laughs> yes, it was a hundred and hell degrees. I've never heard that. That's great. And there, it was like... It was like warm during the day, but sometimes afternoon showers and at just a sweatshirt at night. It, it was, was super pleasant. It was delightful. So this trip to Georgia is an interesting watermark for us because the this trip in 2017 is really when I opened up to Katie about after four or five months of really deep studying and thought I came to her and said, yeah, I think I'm done. I don't think I believe anymore. And that happened on this trip to Georgia. It was on the Georgia. car ride. Yeah. How many hours into a 30-hour car ride was it? I, I don't know, but it was awful. It was. It was terrible. And but- there were a lot of transitioning going on within Alan's family because he had some siblings who were leaving the church as well, had left just shortly before him. And so it was really, people were feeling the growing pains and also the stress of being around a new family dynamic where some were believing and some weren't. And every summer, I would say there's always kind of something that is awkward about the trip. And it usually had to do with just the faith stuff over the last couple years. But this year, and I made the comment to Alan that this year, it felt like everyone was just fine where they were, fine with wherever anyone else was, and like we were settled. Settled is a great word for it. Yeah, we really felt settled. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, something that we'll talk a little bit later is some of the unknown, um, where people are going to land being unknown creates a lot of stress and tension in relationships. And now even though, um, you know, my mother or, or some of the folks that still believe aren't excited necessarily about where people have landed, like they've accepted that this is, this is the new reality. A lot of times we have to do that in our marriage too. It's a lot of stress and then it sinks in that this is our new reality. Let's make the best of it. Yeah, sure. And I think too, like all of us don't care 
at what the other person is doing as far as family dynamics right. goes. Like, we are like, you do you, whatever is best for you. You know, there were days, Sundays that we didn't go to church at all. In fact, I don't even know if we went, to, we church went to church the whole there. time we were there. Well, we, were, we were in Florida for two of the Sundays. Right. And we were traveling on a Sunday. So that probably contributed to it. But also, sometimes in the past, it would have been awkward for us to talk about calling someone has um, or people in the church when other people were out. And it just wasn't like that. No, it, it wasn't. Didn't, it didn't matter. And everyone just was there to have a good time and connect. And especially coming from a COVID year where we didn't get to see any of them. Yeah. I feel like time helped. Absolutely. Skipping a year. It was just all about the relationship and not about judging what the other person's like what the other people were doing. 100%. I don't know anything else about the trip that was noteworthy to mention. I mean, we went to a Marlins game uh, in spite of a hurricane bearing down on Miami. We did uh, do didn't Disney end up, World. Did not end up hitting Miami, <laughs> which was good. We actually did get to meet up with a really oh, cool yeah. family that we met through the podcast a while ago. And they live in Florida, and we got to stay with them. And They took our, our course. We met them through our course with Natasha Elfer. That's right. And, and it was so nice. They were so, okay, we know you're listening. At least we'll send you this episode. I don't know if you listen anymore. But thank you so much again. We want to thank you publicly because it was it was so great. You guys were awesome. We went to this little Mexican restaurant and that was really tasty. I just remember the food basically from all my trips. I think that it's so funny that even like if we're on vacation, we just naturally gravitate towards people who are in our situation. Yeah. It's true. No matter where we go, we find them. <laughs> we do. Well, they find us. And then <laughs> right. we're like, hey, we're in your area. So right. it was great. Uh, the other big thing that happened is when we got back, we had like six days and then I had surgery. Surgery? Are you okay? What <laughs> happened? I am doing great now. So you're over four weeks now removed. Time flies. Yeah. It just, just over four weeks. So... Uh, I have tomorrow. Yeah. So anyway, I had diastasis recti, which is basically when your abdomen splits after having babies. And the only way to fix it is you can do some therapy, but it never really heals is through surgery. And what was it called? Diastasis recti. Diastasis recti. That's right. That sounds like that's, a Harry Potter spell. Or that's the <laughs> medical terminology. Diastasis recti. And uh, anyway, it was actually a great... I've been like researching it for a long time. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. You know, the we found the surgeon that was highly recommended by multiple people. And then, I mean, we've had this planned since months and March. Months and months, yeah. yeah, since March. So came home, did the surgery. Alan was a freaking rock star. Oh, stop. He No, I'm serious. I was out for two weeks straight in bed. And couldn't he couldn't sit up on your own. I couldn't set up on my own. I the first couple of days you couldn't, I couldn't even go to the bathroom. hold a bottle of water on I, your own. I couldn't do. <laughs> I literally could do nothing. I was kind of out of it. He was my nurse. He administered all my meds. I wore a white skirt <laughs> and nurse's hat. Uh, and uh, yeah, let that visual sink in. Mm. And so he took care of me. So well, my family stepped up. You guys, our community was amazing to us because we didn't ask for anything. And 
people in our neighborhood brought us meals or would just stop by and like check on us yeah. to see how we were doing. We had multiple meet people from the community who brought us meals or who sent us cookies or like flowers. I can't even tell you how like well loved we were. Absolutely. Yeah, and- it was it was Pretty phenomenal. It was. It was. It was just so like it just was very surprising and yeah. humbling and grateful because we definitely needed it, and especially while Alan was taking care of me, and then the kids and everything. It was just so nice for him not to have to worry about feeding. Well, I think we had almost three weeks of meals. Right. <laughs> and yesterday you cooked my your first, first meal. home meal like four weeks after the surgery yeah so i mean that's that shows obviously i did a few things but it's we really been, got well taken care of yeah and it's been a long road of recovery how are you feeling now but i feel i feel great i really do and you look great the doc the doctor is super happy with progress and so anyway so, so surgery that's... took up like <laughs> the same time in georgia is what surgery took up. And I tried to get her to record an episode while on oxycodone, but oh, she wouldn't do my it. Gosh. You did record something, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it's like an embarrassing video of me. Yeah, I did take a video of her while high, and that was that was really fun. Yeah. But that's what we've been up to, so please forgive us for the two-month delay. Uh, but now what are we planning on doing? We're back, and we are doing lots of things. So uh, we're back to recording. We're back Hi, to interviewing this is us right now. We yes. are going to release a Calendly link, and if you would like to be interviewed, please sign up. That is something that we would like to continue doing. Yeah, check the show notes. There's a Calendly link. You can just go and throw up. Go, go throw up. Go throw up a, <laughs> a a time. We have. I think we reserve Tuesdays and Thursdays for that. And then when you sign up, we reach out and and see what's going on and. So it'll be great. We'd love to to have you um, come and tell your story on the podcast. And if one episode's not enough and you want it and we want it and the audience wants it, then we can do more than one episode. That'd be great. And then we have a, kind of a fun, it's not really our meetup, but we have a speaking engagement we're calling down in St. George on Sunday, September 12th at 2 p.m. at the Red Lion Inn, which is 850 South Bluff Street. We'll create a an event within our Facebook group for those that want to come see that. Okay, so Alan, who's putting on the event? Because we've just were invited to come so speak. So we were invited to come speak. So this is the the post-Mormon community of Southern Utah. I don't know if that's their official name, but that's um, Wayne is the name of the guy who's been running it for over a decade. And he reached out. I met him a few months ago when we were down in St. George um, with a, a few friends on a little guy's trip. And he said he'd love to have us come speak. I said, sure, just reach out. Um, they have a nine-month speaking engagement where the second Sunday of every every month they do like a guest speaker. And we're the first one of this little nine-month engagement, which is kind of fun. <laughs> no so I, I looked, pressure. No pressure. I know. I looked at the, at the other speakers. You've got Anthony Miller, who listens to this podcast and is in Mixed Faith Marriage. John DeLynn and Bill Reel and Radio Free Mormon and uh, Jeremy Runnels. So we're we're standing up for those um, mixed faith marriages, and uh, if you're listening to this and you're in Southern Utah or in Nevada, for example, uh, please come and see it. Uh, we are the only speakers that day, and so we will make sure it is it is very mixed faith friendly. <laughs> okay, and then we are excited to announce that we will be opening registration today 
for another online workshop with Natasha Helfer Parker. This is our Marriage on a Tightrope course we do with her that we partner with. It's going to look a little bit different this go around, but we will start on September 26th. It will be only on Sundays. Right. We'll we'll give, I think we wanted to give just a, a sneak peek on this episode to let know. We know that there's a number of couples that have been waiting for the next um, the next session to to come into play, but we've made adjustments based on the other four workshops we've done with Natasha. So it just keeps getting better. Uh, so we're excited. Next episode, if if just to leave you on a little cliffhanger, if you're interested, next episode we'll provide full details on that. Yep. But we will get that registration up as soon as possible. Hopefully today. You just committed me to today, so I better do it. You better do it. <laughs> I think those are all the announcements for now and the updates on us. That's right. Yeah, no, we we had a short topic today to discuss, and I think we put too much pressure on ourselves coming back to uh, recording again because we're like, well, what can we talk about? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about something? What should we talk about? And we just decided we just need to go and do it. So one thing and through a, a conversation I was having with a friend who's new to this space, um, a lot of times it's really easy to forget what it felt like at the beginning. You know, previously in this episode, we were talking about uh, that first summer in Georgia. And when you close your eyes and think about it, you can feel some of those same emotions again. Oh, it's awful. I know. I don't like, I don't want to look at you after thinking about that <laughs> year. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. But what we thought we would do is speak directly to those who are at the beginning of this journey. You know, those meetings where the high councilman or someone stands up and looks out and says, today I'm addressing this directly to the youth. That's what we're doing. But we're not a high councilman, and you're not youth. Maybe the last 30 seconds didn't make any sense. But we want to talk and give you three, we're just calling them reminders or reassurances. Uh, things that hopefully will bring you a little bit of peace as you are just starting a very difficult moment in your life, in your marriage. And and we'll, we'll share, as we usually do, we'll share our experience with, with all three of these as well. So Katie, what is the first one here? As said, the saying goes, time is a great healer. We've talked about that. Time heals time all Time and time and time again. Time does help. But that has to be coupled with communication. Oh, 100%. So if you are waiting around for things to get better, it likely will if you're communicating. If you're ignoring, if you are ignoring the problems and you are not communicating and you're hoping it will go away, it's not going to go away. Yeah. You know, they say practice, perfect practice makes perfect, not practice makes perfect. So good communication skills coupled with time really heals a lot of wounds. Uh, we've, th- we've been reminded of this by a lot of the couples that we are close to who we met through this podcast one of them in Florida that we that we stayed with. Uh, we have some of our close friends here that we've been texting and chatting with even today. Marco Polo and all these things where it's just like, do we talk about the church with them all the time? No. Like we did two years ago, three years ago? No. I mean, I think we'll send things to each other, like interesting stories or headlines, sure. but... It is not the main topic of conversation. Right. It's not the main topic of conversation. Doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't a date night with your spouse 
where you go out to a nice Mexican or Italian restaurant and you don't even Thai. talk Thai restaurant. Thank you. <laughs> you don't even talk about religion. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It does. Remember when we had to make purposeful decisions to hey tonight, no church talk. Yeah. And like that's not, not that's nine not times a out of ten we, we would do anymore. Nine times out of ten we'd break that rule and then have to catch ourselves. It's kind of like. We're on a date or we're on a vacation. We're not going to talk about the kids. Right. Well, hello. That's what we end up talking about. Right. But uh, keep in mind that there's no pressure to have to talk about church stuff. I think that that's the that's mm-hmm. that's more of it. Is okay. We're not going to talk about it, but we're also not going to pressure each other into having to talk about it. We're going to just try and focus on other things. Yeah, I like that. And the goal isn't necessarily to not talk about church things or religion or things that are important to you that have to do with those topics because we still talk about those topics. It's not like we, we try to avoid them or we just don't think about them anymore. Of course we do. That's our reality. And that's, but you get better with it over time. So question I would ask you, Katie is like, what was the last, I don't know if significant is the right qualifier, but what was the last argument that we had surrounding the church or surrounding religion? I don't really remember. I I will say that I still get like bristled when sometimes you'll show me post-Mormon TikToks or even Alan makes post-Mormon TikToks. Do and I show you post-Mormon TikToks? Maybe you don't show them to me, but because I follow Alan, I think that, some you know, it's, the algorithm, the is, algorithm shooting is shooting me some. But there was a TikTok recently that he made that I was not happy with. And Uh-oh. I told him, I mean, I told you, I said, yeah, I remember I this, remember. this was, this actually just was not my favorite thing that you produced. So I don't think that we get into like discussions or fights about doctrinal issues. I think right now where I'm at is like, I get annoyed or I still get defensive mm-hmm. about some of the things because I know like together when you and I talk it's like we're communicating, we're firing on all cylinders, we're being very respectful of each other, and then you make a TikTok that I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that is so out of line. Wouldn't you say? No, I I get, I understand the, the tension th- that exists there. Um, can I give you some credit and how you brought this up? Sure. Because you brought it up and you said, hey, I saw... I saw your latest TikTok and I was like, well, which one? And she explained which one. Because you make like three a day. I No, I do not. I make like <laughs> three or four a week. Anyway, I enjoy it. It's fun. I would not recommend it for anyone who's an active <laughs> believing member. Yeah. Like, In fact, I didn't, I never followed Alan for a long time. Uh-huh. I would say that like three out of five, you wouldn't want to see. Yep. Two out of five are like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But anyway. So, but you brought it up and you're like, I didn't love that latest TikTok. And I'm like, okay. And at first, you know, my defense mechanism went up. Mm-hmm. Not the other way. Here's the cool thing about mixed faith marriage is that a lot of the same things happen on both sides, right? If mm-hmm. I bring up post-Mormon stuff to you, your defenses come up. Mm-hmm. But you came to me and my defenses went up. And I, I was very close to like mansplain, <laughs> not, not mansplain, but explain like why this wasn't as big a deal as it was, but that in my mind, I was like, no, I can't tell her how she should feel about this. But then you said, look, I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be making these, these TikToks. Like you, of course, make them like you can make them. Um, 
I just wanted you to know I did not love this one. And that's okay. And that was it. Yeah. It was kind of a non-issue. It was a, it was a non-issue. I did feel like I had to say something because sure. I, I felt a little bit hurt yeah. about it. And then once I said it, it, I just let it go. Right. That's hard to do in the beginning, you guys, is just letting things go. <laughs> I think that you want to like ruminate and think about it and mm-hmm. read into it. But uh, both of us know where our intentions lie and it's never to hurt the other person. And keeping that in mind, we just don't really take a lot of offense to the things that happen like that. Right. Right. You know, it's like, okay, here's my piece. Let it go. We're not going to talk about it. And we haven't talked about it again. No. Until now. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to drum it up. It's fine. I mean, do we want to tell them what the topic of it was? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because we're past it. It's all good. Okay, so that's number one. Time's a great healer. Uh, number two is almost zero decisions are final. So what I mean by that is that you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself for what's going to happen a week from now. Or, oh my goodness, what happens when my wife stops attending church? Or, oh my goodness, what happens when X, when Y, when Z? Because these these decisions and these strategies that you're trying to deploy are not final. You can adjust. I think the best example on our pivot. side is pivot. <laughs> the best example on our side is church attendance, where I mean, how many different ways of attending church have we tried? A million. A million. It's been it's, it's been, been, been to the place where I'm not comfortable, so I I didn't go for almost a year. To I'm going but not happy to right now it's like what are what is our agreement currently? Well, we go probably the second and fourth Sunday. We've been out of town. It's been spotty over the summer. Just yeah. and then with your surgery dynamic right. and stuff. But um mostly though we do try to go and it's pretty balanced. You mm-hmm. know, we will go to the farmers market in the morning as a family, and then go to church in the afternoon. Yeah. I I would say that we balance it. We're no longer tied to having church done one way only. Yeah. And that's that's the example that that makes most sense with with us. Um, I was texting with an old friend that I've known outside of the podcast for the last 15 years, just this morning. And and he was telling me he's in a, a situation where he's at the beginning of a mixed faith marriage. And, you know, this this individual was telling me that um, he was he was feeling quite nervous because he didn't feel like he fit in in his church community. But he wasn't ready to, like, join the post-Mormon community, quote unquote. Uh, and specifically, he was talking about how, you know, his spouse was saying, could you just go to the temple? And, like, the temple's going to fix this. He told me he, the temp. I've always loved it, but I'm really worried that there's a lot of pressure on this on this temple trip and how it's going to to be. And I don't want to set her up in a situation where she feels like everything's fine now because I decided yes, I'll go back to the temple. And that's when I brought up this concept to him that almost no decisions are final. When I say almost no decisions, I mean there's suicide or divorce. I mean yes, you can come back from divorce, but um, with when it comes to deploying mixed faith strategies, uh, those decisions are not are not final. If something doesn't work, 
then you just course correct, like Katie and I have with church attendance. And you can think in your marriages outside of religion of trying different financial systems of, okay, we're going to do cash and envelopes. Well, that didn't work for us. <laughs> we did that for a long time. <laughs> we did. And it, and it, it doesn't it mean, did work for a while. <laughs> it did work for a while, but it doesn't mean once it stops working, it doesn't mean that you failed. It means that we need to pivot and try something different. And so with him, I encouraged him um, from coming from the, the, the atheist, this may seem like an interesting suggestion, but I encouraged him like, you know, what's the harm in trying What's the harm in going back to the temple and seeing how it feels? You need to over-communicate with your spouse about this. Tell her that you're worried. Tell her you're feeling a lot of pressure with this moment. Tell her that you don't want her hopes to get up. Or um, you, you want to be able to explain to her afterwards like how this made you feel. And that this is not an indication of any what's going to happen two years from now. But for now... I'm leaning into you. I know this is important to you and I'm going to give it my effort here. End of monologue. Is that yeah. Fine? Yeah. Second. So along those same lines, uh, I think the third suggestion that we have is, goes along with that, which is change is inevitable. And when we say change is inevitable, it's an inevitable for both sides. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how many times I have myself flip-flopped on an issue where I was certain I was right. And then down the road, I had a glimpse or a peek into what Alan was seeing or how he was feeling or how it was processing for him, and I changed my mind on it. And then, you know, down the road again, I, like, kicked the can and I'm like, well do I really think this or am I influenced? It It's an, it's inevitable and it's hard. I think that when you um, worry, I'm a worrier, so I can talk about this, but when you worry about all the things that could happen, they are not currently happening, that could happen, you are causing yourself trauma because you can't get over or out of that mindset. I mean, the best ways to get do that is through a therapist, you know, work it out with a life coach, talk to your best friend, your cat, whoever it may be. Um, but what you need to focus on now is that how you're feeling right now may be, uh, may change in the future. And that's okay. I, I just, I think we've talked about this before where I don't understand why people are so rigid that they don't think they can ever change their mind. Yeah, that that advice needs to go on both sides. Absolutely. Especially at the beginning. Yep. Because at the beginning, both both spouses tend to dig their heels in. We certainly did. And that's one thing that Natasha has counseled us against is don't like double down. You know, behavioral changes, for example, you know, the spouse that is out shouldn't say, well, I can do whatever I want with my body. I'm drinking alcohol every night and it's going to be in the fridge. Like that's a big abrupt change. Um, but on your side, it's this, the same thing is like, it would be, it would be very hurtful for me. If, for example, I expressed to you that the temple is a big trigger for me. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning at six in the morning, you go to the temple where you haven't done that in 15 years of marriage. You've never really woken up early to go to the temple. And all of a sudden you're doubling down and changing your behaviors in a way that are, that are difficult for me. 
Like that's, there needs to, and not to say like, you can't say, okay, I need to go back to the temple. That's important to me. That's a different conversation than this big, abrupt behavioral change without any communication about it. Look, if you're listening, you've likely already made these mistakes. <laughs> that's that's true. You've already made the decision. You've already made the decision. To stay and, in it. And, 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 I, and Alan and I are only speaking because we have made the same mistakes. We have, we have done that to each other. You know, I, I have turned around and went and ran to the bishop and talked to him. I, I, I don't think that it's, I think that that's a normal thing. It's a normal reaction. You probably have already done it. So where do you go from here? Well, you take into consideration your spouse's feelings moving forward, because did that work out for you in the beginning? Probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So we're only just speaking from experience because we've already made all the mistakes. Lucky all of you. Um, and so I I have to say, Alan's been, I'm going to pay Alan a compliment because Alan is, I don't know, what would you say? I think that I'm you- I'm not going to compliment myself. Well- I don't know where you're going. I would say that you are a fairly impulsive person. Yeah, not, that's, that's fair. I'm not trying to be negative about that's it. That's fair. You love hard. You play hard. You get mad hard. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that happen that come with that impulsivity. And lots of wonderful, beautiful things, too. You make our lives super fun. Uh, but it has been such a change to see Alan be so patient in this process. I mean... I think it is the most patience I've seen rendered by him for like a long period of time and continually work at it because there were lots of times where I'm like, I can't, I don't want to talk to you. I can't, I can't communicate. And then Alan would like be like a puppy dog back and it's like, let's, let's work through this. And it's a very admirable quality because like he's generally not a patient person. (laughs) I just turned a really good compliment into it. I'll take it. I'll take it. But know what I mean? I do, I do, I do. Right. Like, you're like, oh, let's go do this right now. And anyway, I just have been really blessed by his patience through all of this. Wow. Well, that was very unexpected and nice. Thank you. You even teared up a little bit. Dang, you do love me. I do love you. Oh, jeez. girl. Uh, So, Alan, I do have a question Uh for you. Okay. Speaking of change. Changes. Okay. Okay. So at the end of October, October 27th, our son Zach turns oh, eight. He does. And we have talked before in the past episodes that we've already gotten permission from our stake president to baptize our daughter Zara, who's nine, and Zach, who will be eight, together. Now, I'm just going to like assume we're just going to say assume right now that they're still a go for going for getting baptized let's just right. assume that. that they both want to do like it they both want to do it right okay have you changed your feelings about it or how are you feeling about it now to think about that's coming up in just in a couple months well thank good question thank you i'll take that question so i i mean I've I've accepted that that day isn't going to be my favorite. It's not the most comfortable day. Um, I think that we 
we can make it like we've talked about when we were planning Zara's baptism before COVID shut things down and then it got delayed uh, quite a bit. Um, I think we can make that day unique and not a normal baptism day um, to the best of our ability, having some sweet moments beforehand um, and really making it, making it about um, service and loving others and trying to be a better person than it is a, a commitment to an organization. Um, from my perspective, that would be a great goal uh, for that day. Um, where the where some of the anxiety for me comes in, and and I say some, I should say a teensy bit, because it's I honestly am pretty calm about things. Um, time will tell if in two months I feel that way, but but some of the family relationships are could be difficult on that day. Um, meaning, uh, family members who will be baptizing the kids. Right. Cause I'm not going to do it. If right. you recall, for those that have listened to our episodes, if you haven't, um, you don't deserve this story because you haven't put in the work to listen to our episodes. <laughs> oh kidding. my gosh. With Zara's baptism, I actually like still tried to perform it and was told, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I, I've moved on past that desire. I just don't want to do that anymore. So... I, I clearly will not be the one baptizing the kids. Uh, someone else will, and we will leave it up to them. Like, they'll know the options. Zara had said that she wanted Katie to do it, and that's not going to happen unless there's a big-time change in the October General <laughs> Conference. Um, so, you know, there's a few options of who could do it, and depending on who she chooses, that might be difficult for me. Uh, but I try to practice self-care in the and not self-care i try to i try to remember that um a lot of the times that i feel like other people are thinking certain things about me they're not that's just my insecurities uh you're projecting i'm projecting a little bit where i i am i'm defensive of what people who people that are close to us um who still believe and what they think of my unbelief and the closer they are to you, that the more acute that concern is. So siblings, parents, um, best friends and cousins, like you're, that's a bigger deal for me than it is a neighbor who we see once a week walking their dog. I looked out the window and saw a neighbor walking their dog, and so that came to mind. But um, I've, I've trying to learn and get better at, at just owning it. And I think I've done a pretty good job of just owning who I am yes. and not worrying about what other people are going to be thinking about me in any particular moment. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm sure that the ward, I don't know what our ward thinks about Alan. I know a lot of people are just happy to see him when he comes. That's, yeah, our ward. They're is, very, it, like, loving to you. Attending is not is not a problem. And a and, lot of it is because we've got cool people. And, and no one says to you like, Hey, I didn't see you in Sunday school. Well, it's, it's the same thing as the Georgia trip. Like we talked about in the yeah, front where right. we've settled. Yeah. Pe people understand where I'm at now. Yeah. There were attempts to reactivate or to convince me I was wrong at the beginning, but that doesn't happen anymore. No. So time has healed that wound as well. Yeah. So it's not as big of a deal for me because I don't feel like people are like, thinking about, oh, Alan this and Alan that. If they are, then again, someone's opinion of me is not any of my business. That's right. It's their business. Now, 
boundaries sometimes need to be set. If boundaries are broken, uh, then that can you need to distance yourself from that relationship. But for the most part, that's happened a couple times, but not really. I don't. I can't no. think of any boundaries right now that we're like having to enforce with anyone in our lives. No. Uh, and hopefully that remains the case. Was that the longest winded answer to totally. a simple question? So you're totally fine with the kids getting baptized. I think that's what I heard you say. <laughs> so I can do hard things. That's right. That's that's the moral of the story. Is the point of that day is not for me to be quote fine with it. That's not the objective of the day. The objective of the day is support the family in something that you don't necessarily agree with. I can be a lot more okay with that day, um, having seen our older two kids who are now 15 and 13 and how the church has not been a barrier in our relationship. I don't expect that to happen with our younger two either, even if they're baptized. No. So I don't see this being a big hurdle for us. So having said that we can add the and in there. And when we get to the actual day, it might be really difficult for you. It might be more difficult than you thought. Yeah, that's happened. And you may need to say, I need to step away or I need to just stand in the back or I need to, I would like to be a part and give a talk. I mean, all of those things are possibilities. And I think that before the fear of the unknown would cause me to spiral. Mm-hmm. And now where we're settled in how we feel and knowing that the change is coming, I'm like, all right, let's roll with the punches. Let's plan it the best we can and see what happens. That's yeah. all we can do right now. Yeah. And and honestly, the opposite could happen too, where before your surgery, you asked a family member to give you a blessing. It and happened. I was really worried like I, I was worried that it was going to be a really uncomfortable moment for me, you know, not being in that circle. And, and I asked if you, it. I asked if you, I mean, I told him you didn't have to be in, even in the room. And the person offering the blessing um, said, "Hey, we could just do it up in the office. We could just do it away from everyone right. because it, there were more people around." And it actually ended up being fine. Yeah, and I, it, it wasn't as big of an issue as I thought it was going to be. Right. So the opposite could happen too. That day could be just totally fine. Yeah. I think a lot of it is maybe just imbalance of chemicals in my brain and who knows how I'm going to react on any given day. I think all of us are that way. And I think that at any given moment, you don't really know truly how it's going to shake out until it does. So allow yourself the space to be able to feel however you want to feel and know that yeah. it's okay. It's okay to feel one way. Um, different than your spouse. It's also okay to be on the same page. But just if if you're anticipating that change, like, hey, we might feel differently, That's that will prepare you and set you up for a good position when it happens. And yeah. you won't be taken off guard and just blow up. Right. And I think, I mean, Katie has to be ready for, probably not going to happen, but Zara has been our nine-year-old has been on and off about the idea of, of baptism. And I think right now she's on, but we haven't talked to her in a little bit, Mm -hmm. but we're, we literally are following their lead. So it could happen that Katie's the one that has to grapple with her deciding not to at this time. 
It could happen. It could happen. Again, this is all part of the the idea that the just change happens and it's it quickly usually it quickly happens and so best thing to do is to just roll with the punches, take it all in stride. If you need a personal coach, if you need someone to help you talk through this, find your person. Find your person. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Marriage and Tightrope. Thank you, Katie, for joining me on Marriage and Tightrope. I'm actually standing, too. We're I know. standing desk. I think this and... is the first episode we've done standing. Lucky us. Lucky <laughs> us. If you would, l- We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at marriageandatightrope at gmail.com. Hey, for those who sent us an email over the last couple months that we have not gotten to, you are not forgotten. It's just been a wild couple of months. And when we take time off of the podcast uh, by from recording, we we also include like emails, sometimes messages, because we just want to spend time with our family and be in a different headspace. Yeah, absolutely. So please reach out, join our Facebook group, uh, where you can talk to other mixed faith couples. There's also a map on there pointing out where other mixed faith couples live. There's an Instagram account. There's my TikTok. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. When it's done, we're going to see that it was better that we grew up together. Tell me you don't want to leave because if change is what you need, you can change right next to me. Take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go Grow as we go Grow as we go go.